Hello everyone, I'm Trudy Zulu and this is Bloom with Grace. Now, this initially was a platform that was created for women to be able to unearth the potential that is within them and for them to realize the very best version of themselves. Now, we're trying to spread the net wider and to reach more women so that they too can become the very best versions of themselves. Now, I'm joined by an extremely amazing woman, Pastor and she is also a business developer and she uh, she owns a brand called Pearl Africa Group. Now, if you have not heard of her, I don't know. I don't know. But if you don't know about her, you're going to find out about her now. Welcome, Mayanda, to the <laughs> Thank show. You. Thank you very much oh, for that introduction. Thank you, Trudy. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm it's good. good to see you. And you are dressed looking lovely in lilac. It's thank lilac, you. Right? It is lilac. Yes, it no, is. you look beautiful. I think you are in on point with the theme, actually, which is Bloom with Grace. You are blooming. Right? Yeah. Bloom where you planted. <laughs> I mean, yes. Yeah, thank yeah, you for having me. No, it's an, it's an honor to have you here. Mm. But for those who don't know who um, Ayanda is, mm. can you please introduce yourself the best way you know how? And please don't be humble, girl. <laughs> don't be humble. <laughs> sure. I'm Ayanda, and I grew mm. up in Ulundi. Mm. I remember uh, receiving a call from God at around the age of 14. Yeah. A lot was happening at that time, and if if people don't believe in the right timing, you know, um, I do because God came at the right time. And so I pursued, um, what I didn't know was a calling back then. It was just an unction that I felt, um, moving me into spirituality, me understanding who God is, et cetera. And, um, and that's why people will say, Oh, she's pastor. A. this is pastor Ayanda. Mm -hmm. I started preaching at the age of 17 Wow. And I should actually apologize to those I preached at the age of 17 too, what? because you grow, yeah. you grow. And at that age, I was so theoretical, yeah. so theoretical. Yeah. Um, if the Bible said it, it'd be so, right? No, I get you. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I've grown a lot, uh, evolved into the woman that I am today, mm. um, delved a lot into business because I believe that we've been called to impact the world. Yeah. Um, and that speaks to worldly systems, mm-hmm. not necessarily the 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 actual yeah. if that makes sense and so ventured into business and just grew my skill sets around um, assisting people in developing their businesses around business development and sales mm. so I can sell I can coach anyone from mm. just a normal salesperson to a rainmaker yeah. that is just meeting those targets year in and year out so that's what I've just um, fanned into flames if I can put it in that way mm. and right now uh, I had had to put the business on hold but mm. I do consult on weekends when I have the time branding show personal branding mm. and so just wrap it up yes um, Pastor A Pastor A and still growing <laughs> Pastor A you can sell anything can you sell anything <laughs> sure I can I can sell anything Literally. What have you sold though? Like what, like, have you had like a side hustle where you were selling yes. something? Whoa. I started selling from the age of 14. What were you selling? Um, I sold makeup. I sold, um, I sold talent and I know it sounds uh, crazy. So if someone is looking for something, I know how to connect people. Yeah. So yeah. I sold, um, talent to various people that needed those services. Um, I sold at some point, uh, clothes. Mm. <laughs> I, sold, I sold everything, anything I could get my hands into. Yeah. Um, I sell, and even to till today, I sell the product that I represent. Okay. Each and every day. 
Okay. You, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to experience the studies. I wanna see if you are able to close can it's you close, close the deals. Yeah. Um one one thing that they've I discovered at work, I'm more of a stake hold a man, uh, relationship oh, okay. builder. Yes, but I yeah. close. I do close. At the end of the day, what's a relationship if it doesn't yield what you want it to yield, which is money yeah. on our side. And so we close deals, yes. So do you think that's the kind of experience that actually, or maybe it's something that led you to the kind of career that you're in now? Mm. <laughs> Funny thing is, when you preach, mm. you sell Christ. What? You sell him. No, no. The thing is, the Bible says that signs and wonders shall follow after the preached word. Mm. But the word still needs to be preached. Yeah. The word needs to be preached with intelligence. Mm. The word needs to be preached with research. Yeah. And the world the word needs to be preached with conviction. Mm. Now the conviction element is not our responsibility because the Holy Spirit convicts. Yeah. But it is my responsibility as the vessel to study to study thoroughly the subject matter mm. and that it makes sense. Yeah. And so for for people to say, oh, okay, God can actually save my life. Mm. You've presented him. Oh, yeah. And that's what church is. It's, a, it's, yeah. it's We present Christ daily. Yeah. It's a sale. No. I get what you're trying <laughs> to say. I do. I do. Um, but this platform is, uh, it's, it's more of a platform where uh, we allow women to realize who they are. We all know that uh, women are the pillars of our society. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to the women, Women's Month. Uh, but we know that they are the pillar of our very society. We know that uh, women are naturally nurturers. Mm-hmm. We're able to uh, look after kids that are mm-hmm. not even ours. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, the, capacity, the capacity that we have as women, mm-hmm. you know. And on this platform, mm-hmm. we actually want to show women that the obstacles that they mm-hmm. face, you mm-hmm. know, are not necessarily a, a, some, a stumbling block mm-hmm. um, to stop them mm-hmm. from achieving what they want mm-hmm. to achieve. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So what age did you actually get married? Because you're you, like you said, you mm. wear many hats. Mm-hmm. You're a mom. You're a businesswoman. You are you work in corporate. Mm. How do you. OK, we'll get to that <laughs> in a moment. But you wear many hats mm. and you actually somebody who got who got married at a very young mm. age. You were a wife as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Please tell me more about when you got married. Sure. I got married married at 22. <laughs> I got married at 22 to the husband of my youth, uh, who yeah. is now late. Mm. And um, sure, it was a shocker yeah. to be married. Because Why a shocker, though? Because many, you know, young girls are like, yes, this is the time I've been waiting for. I'm finally getting married. So when I got married, and I'm just going to be honest at the, at the where I was, where my yeah. mind frame was. Yeah. So I was preaching a lot. Yeah. Right. Oh, you are and a Buddhist. Yes. Yeah. I'm the, and and I had, I always say to people, I emerged at the time where women preachers were not necessarily preaching at the capacity that I was. Oh, okay. And with that being said, not many women were teachers yeah. as well. Yeah. So ministry started blooming and every church I'd go to, there would be a suitor yeah. who had heard from God <laughs> that I am his one, you know. Yeah, but if you see and, the powerful right, woman there. So, and I was like, oh my word. And it just started growing to a mm. point where literally I wouldn't even open my Facebook inboxes because mm. it was just like, uh, I know what I'm praying for. Yeah. And I remember coming to a point, I was like, oh God, I need a covering. Mm. I need a covering. I just, I I want to be married. I feel like I'm ready to be married. Mm. And talking about those stumbling blocks, I don't come from a nuclear family. Um, My parents passed away. uh, My dad passed away in 1997, my mom in 1999. 
And so I didn't know what it looked like, yeah. but I still was willing to explore. I thought, I think I can be a good wife. Yeah. I know how to give good love. Mm-hmm. Little did I know that I know how to give good care. And that's what my yeah. marriage for nine years taught me. Wow. I know how to give good care mm-hmm. and not good love. Because if I knew how to give good love, I would be able to receive it back. Mm-hmm. My husband and I struggled. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I got married Even at 22. Good care. Okay, so why do you think you struggled to be able to receive love? Because I've had to be strong for so long. And mm-hmm. um, I think the last person that had really been affectionate and loved me was my mother, who yeah. I actually looked after till the day that she passed. And so... Um, from there onwards, I moved from home to home, was abused in some homes, and living with um, a family. And I love my aunt to bits, and I always say that mm. she did not contribute to this mindset. It's a mindset that you just have when you're in an environment where you are the child that was brought in. Yeah. And so um, I remember a conversation, and I think my, my aunt's husband was just asking but obviously I'm nine years old. And so I wake up and I hear him saying, what is this child doing here? Oh my so it translates like, Oh, maybe I'm actually not wanted here. Yeah. So I was invisible, Ish. invisible completely. Mm. And, um, I remember one of my closest, closest cousins being diagnosed with cancer mm. and I was looking after her. I, I look after people very well. Yeah. So I was looking after her and, um, she passed away the, the Thursday, the Wednesday she calls me and she says to me, sure. I under, um, what do you think about something? Which is a general question. Mm. And I said to her, nothing, you know? And she says to me, that's my problem. I step outside and everyone says, oh my gosh, your cousin has this personality. She's so loving. Yeah. She's amazing. And she says, I do not know that person. You come into this house mm. and you're quiet. You've never said you're hung- you, if you've got a headache. Mm. Something as generic as just a headache. Mm. You've never said you're upset or happy. I did not know how to show emotion because I didn't know who was going to cater for them. Yeah. I just they would care. Or if they would yeah. care. And so um, that was brought into my marriage. I just knew how to give to him. So you were a giver. But <laughs> um, yes. I did not know how yeah. to, I didn't, I did not know how to receive. And, um, obviously it pains me now that I realize my husband's love language and he's not longer here. Where mm. I was like, Oh, he was trying to love me yeah. in his own way. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah, marriage was, was, a sh- was a shock. It was a huge shock. Um, and I learned a lot from it. But is there any inkling of you, in any inkling in you, mm-hmm. rather, um, that, because nine years is a very long time mm-hmm. not to feel anything, mm-hmm. you know? Was there anything in you that, or anything that he did that mm-hmm. made you feel some kind of warmth inside or mm-hmm. realize within the time mm-hmm. that he was alive mm-hmm. um, that, okay, this is what love actually is. Yes. This is what it feels like. It's very strange to me, mm-hmm. but this is, this is what it is. So my husband bought me things yeah. because I grew up hustling yeah. and he knew what I did not have. Mm-hmm. He thought giving it to me would make me more happier. Oh, yeah. So one day he parks a three series and I'm like, Come on, what's man. going on? <laughs> right. And he was, he was, he was, um, he was a material. He, he loves material yeah. things. And the one day, actually, when he was asking me out, yeah. he borrowed his father's E class. Yeah. And I didn't know. I did not know what that was. And he says to me, oh, "I wasted so much of my time. <laughs> yeah, know, I didn't even know a differentiation between cars. Like, we yeah. never had a car. Yeah. And so um, he'd buy me things. And um, for me, they never translated as anything. Yeah. I just 
I was like, okay, okay, this car, all right? And then he said, why are you not happy? I'm like, I'm happy. So he tried to give me things that he thought I had yeah. longed for. Yeah. And because I never had them, they didn't mean anything to me. Yeah. I would rather sit with him like this because presence is what I never had. Mm. I didn't need a car. I was actually I about him. to ask you now, what do you think is your love language? Mm. Like, have you come to that realization yes. of what it is? Yes. No, it's presence. Yeah. I've lost people just like that. Um presence yeah come spend time with me yeah. um sure we can go watch i love sunsets and sunrises yeah we can go and watch the sunrise that's it just be here and let's talk yeah mm. so um speaking about your husband mm. it's not very easy i mean you're you're very young um i think you're younger than me girl. <laughs> <laughs> but you're very young and uh, we all experienced the pandemic mm. we all experienced it in different ways there was a lot of great loss mm. um that happened but you were one of the people that actually lost someone during the pandemic. Mm. Now, um, that's a lot, mm. you know. Uh, what was that experience like? Sure. When we, um, in 2019, when we learned um, of COVID-19, mm. we knew that my husband had the underlying issues. Mm. So we immediately pulled my son out of school, yeah. set up a home school for him. Yeah. Um, and Kira was welcoming to that. Mm. And literally my helper stayed with us. I said to her, you're not going anywhere. Mm. I'm going to leave this house. I'm going to buy all the groceries that we mm. need. So I was the one hogging like oil and oil yeah. and toilet paper and yeah. everything. And I just, I just said, okay, let's, let's just be careful and let's, let's watch. So, uh, it was just one trip. He took the kids to, to Durban. He flew to Durban. And so I was still working. I was actually shooting something with, um, multi-choice if I'm not Mm. mistaken. And I said to him, I'll join you guys on the 22nd. Mm. Now we are approaching December time, which is also our anniversary time. So he arrived early. He took a swim with the kids. They were fine. But then when I arrived, he was not feeling well. Mm. Just a bit, you know, the cold that people yeah. say, oh, I started with the cold. And I said, okay, let's, and then I just said, oh, let's just all wear masks. Mm. And I said to him, okay, go today and go and check. Mm. So he went to check um, on the 22nd and we got his results on the 23rd. Mm. And the results were negative. Mm. So I said, okay, let's still wear our masks. But he was, he was, not okay, but trying yeah. to be strong. And um, I remember I was going to go to Ulundi. My kids have been saying to me, I end up, where, where did mommy grow up? Like we yeah. want to see. So mm. I'd actually planned to go to Ulundi with my kids on the 26th mm. or was it the 27th? Yes. And it was our anniversary on mm. that day. So I text him like, nine years ago on this day you know (laughs) and he said oh yeah okay now i'm gonna give you a call i'm not feeling too well Mm -hmm. then when i arrived i arrived in lunda on the 27 28th um my mother-in-law said he couldn't even walk to the bathroom oh my word we have to admit him and he got admitted so obviously um i think the the worst thing was that we couldn't see the person we could only just a video call and stuff so i just i'd video call all the time how are you feeling how are you doing and I could see around 29, it started really getting hectic. Yeah. Um, I could see that he was struggling. Mm. And I think that's when he developed COVID pneumonia. Yeah. And so the 30th, the, the, the 30th, yes, comes and I am now trying to get hold of him. So he started like not really taking my calls as mm. often, but his brother-in-law tells me that he actually told him on the 30th that I'm not coming back home. Just no. take care of my kids you know, and take care of my wife and make sure that she's okay. But with me, obviously, oh, then he says to me, I'll fight this if you give me one more child. I said, hey, <laughs> we'll come out. Even let, let, I'll give you twins. <laughs> you know, just fight and come yeah. home. 
And then when everyone was saying, Happy New Year, um, I received the call at four o'clock in the morning. And my father-in-law said, they've asked to put him, put him on life support. I remember just looking at my kids and I said, God, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, 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 please don't. Yeah. Please don't. I, I beg of you. And um, they didn't even reach the point where um, they could put him on life support. And they said, we're sorry. We did everything we could. And that was that. Oh, my word. Hmm. Oh, I'm, I must, I'm just trying to imagine what it's like to receive a call like that because mm. I have two kids, mm. you know, and I'm just thinking if there's one thing I can never lose mm. is the fact that I want my kids mm. to have a relationship with yes. their dad, you yes. know, especially with your kind of husband who is an yes. amazing, an amazing dad. Yeah. I'd walk in the house and my kids would say, daddy, hi mom. I'm <laughs> like, Excuse me. <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah. He was an amazing father. And, and you can, you can see it now with my kids. My son had to go to therapy. My daughter, obviously she's four, mm. but she'll tell you now and again, I miss my dad. Mm. You know, I miss, she said, I miss my dad in the sky. And then she forgets like, mommy, he was married to you, right? Oh. I'm like, mm, where did you come from? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, but my son, my son, oh, yeah, that one is hard. Even on, so last year was the anniversary of his passing. Yeah. And so I, I had brought a lot of firecrackers mm. just to distract them. Yeah. So the firecrackers are going out yeah. and my son looks up and he says, for my dad, for mm, my dad. Son, yeah, <laughs> he's nine. nine. nine right? <laughs> he's nine now. And he's just, yeah, he's taken uh, after his father's a lot. Right. Yeah. And I see, um, I, th- I think you see a lot of them, mm. a lot of him in yes. them, actually. A lot of him in him. My daughter's like me. <laughs> it's really? No, my daughter is, is, is a mini-me. I even said to God the other day, I repent for what I did to deserve a mini-me. I can't handle her. Oh, you're now seeing yourself. <laughs> yes. She'll say, is my dress ready? The other day, I said, I got on to get ready. She says, mommy, I'm out of perfume. Oh, she wears I'm, perfume, yeah. man. I'm like, she's, I'm out of it. <laughs> make a plan <laughs> you know like okay which is actually funny um going back to what you said about how you are not necessarily somebody who was not materialistic but mm. you are not really into things mm. and cars and whatnot mm. but i would imagine that um having your husband mm. his presence in your life mm. then brought you to a place where you actually started to appreciate mm. those things right mm. and that's what you actually starting to see in your daughter yes right yes so how do you how were you able to gather the strength to be able to mother your children mm. in the midst of you grieving as mm. well. Mm. Sure. Um, I, I left them with my mother-in-law because yeah. that's the only family that um, would take care of them the best way. Yeah. And I had to come back to Joburg. One thing about bills is that they don't care yeah. that you're a widow. Yeah. Right. So um, I had to really dust myself and say, right, the first priority is I need to provide. Mm-hmm. So I just started pro Africa, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, uh, it didn't have the kind of turnover that allowed me to continue with the business. Yeah. I needed pay slips. Yeah. I needed to recover. Yeah. And one thing that people don't understand about a marriage is that everything that you guys have accrued together, whether it's debt or assets, mm. you are liable as mm. a surviving spouse to take care. Oh, really? So I had invested calling. I had, I'm just yeah. <laughs> I don't have, I don't have money. You know? um, I, I had to sell his last car, which was a, a, a very big car. Mm. <laughs> and um, my one got repossessed. Uh, it was sure. just a, a period of loss, mm-hmm. of, of continued loss. Yeah. I moved out of our marital home. I found a small flat. Mm-hmm. And I said, Ayanda, 
Oh, I underwent mm. work. Yeah. Yeah, work. Um, when your mother passed away, did you sit down? No, you, 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 you lied to the waitressing staff and you said you're 15 and you started working. Sure. I've been working ever since. Mm. So I said, okay, work. And so um, I went to Fundi, where I work mm. now, and I was training the interns. I was doing a work readiness program. And they yeah. said to me, there's a business development role opened. Would you? I said, yes. Mm. Got the job on the spot. Mm. Got interviewed by the CEO. And people said to me, how have you acquired the kind of success in just a year? Mm. There's no university that does not know who Ayanda is. And I said, that's all wow. I do. I work, mm. you know, and because I want my kids to be number one, well provided for. Mm. But at the end of the day, because they were far, that's the only way I could ensure that they are okay yeah. if I'm able to provide. Mm. I had to still maintain the school that their fathers had chosen where yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> why did yeah. you choose a school? Yeah. You know, and so I had to work hard and that was the only way. And just to show them affection and to talk to them yeah. and to allow them to, to mourn in their own way, mm. especially my son who showed a lot of uh, mourning. Yeah. And I had to now and again talk to him. Even now he came in and they said to me, we want to go to polo fields. Mm-hmm. And now I had to swallow my, my yeah. um, and just, okay, they want to go to polo yeah. fields. Now this is the place where we stayed. This was our family yeah. home. And I took them there and um, I had to ask someone who stays there for a pin code mm-hmm. to enter. Where and yeah, when I could access. just have access. Yeah. And they sat down and we ate and I could feel I, I, I was trembling. Mm. And I said to God, I can't fail. There's one thing that I can't do, I can't fail. Then my son says, mommy, we should just stay here. And I, and I joked, I said, I would have to get married again. Ooh. <gasps> I discovered a, a son of my son I did not know. He said, there's no one replacing my dad. Yeah. (laughs) So it's just conversations and just being present. Um, I take the first flight out. I drive to see my kids all the time. Mm. I just want them to know that I love them. I I cannot change what has happened. Yeah. Um, God knows that He's got strength that is just given to them to survive this period Mm. in whichever way, in the same way that He did with me. But obviously, with the way that I grew up, I would have wanted my kids to have that family. Yeah. But many other plans in a man's heart. Mm. Mm. I was actually about to ask you, and I think you partly answered my question as to how you were able to actually, I don't know, pull yourself towards yourself. But like you said, you've always been working, you know, and I would imagine that the very same God who Mm. called you in the beginning to Mm. say, okay, this is what I want you to do Mm. is the very same God who gave you strength Mm. to be able to stand up and say, okay, Mm. we're going to do this. There's two kids, you know, Um, I admire your strength and I know that strength that you draw from God, you know, but I admire the strength to even get up because most of the time you find that when we are grieving or when we are going through a hard time, you know, the last thing we think about is pulling ourselves towards ourselves. Mm. What we think about is, no, woe is me. Mm. Let me have the time mm. to be able to feel sorry for myself. Mm. And sometimes that runs for a very mm. long time. And that time you find their kids who mm. are looking up to you and uh, they're not able to have the quality of mm. life that they're used to. So I really do admire your strength. And I would just like to ask you to maybe speak a word or give a word of encouragement. What would mm. you say to somebody who's experienced something like you have? Oh, um, I was very honest with myself. I resigned from the two churches that we were running okay. with the immediate effect after yeah. my husband passed. I had to pull myself away from a place that needed me to pour out because I didn't yeah. have anything. Yeah. So I have taken time for myself so that people don't see it. Mm. And one of the, those things was that I'm not preaching. Yeah. 
I'm not preaching to a God that has not answered me. Mm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Him and I, we need to have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. And that's one thing that people actually don't know is that God doesn't mind you having difficult yeah. questions. Yeah. I met a lady, I was doing my nails and she was telling me about why she's angry at God, etc. And I said to her, oh, being angry at God is the best place you could ever be. She <laughs> yeah. said to me, how? And I said, because that's the only way you can know him. Yeah. Because he reveals himself in that place. So mm. no, no, you're not backslidden. Yeah. You're actually at the brink of revelation. Yeah. To know who your God is. And so one thing that I did, I took time, I, I took time out. Mm. I couldn't. I literally deleted that phase from my life yeah. even the things that happened at that at the church some of the people that i i used to lead i lost saw them on my husband's um funeral wow i did not know what was happening it was loss of the loss mm-hmm. after loss to lose a church that you started in your own um living room mm-hmm. and so i had to say okay it's fine mm. you know it's okay let me gather myself let me be alone and being alone actually really really helped trudy mm-hmm. uh Take the time that you need and seek the help that you need. Yeah. Last year, I was um, on, I think it's, it's called Edco Aslan that helps me to sleep because mm. my, my my mind needs to be shut down yeah. in order for me to sleep. I've got an overactive imagination. Mm. I could think myself into a panic. Mm. Um, and I was also taking things to help with a post um traumatic stress disorder mm. because there were just things that would visit me any yeah. any time of the day especially when i had to carry my kids and then they had to say bye to their father that mm. image i couldn't i couldn't shake it off yeah. and whenever it would visit me i would i would break down mm. i would have breakdown so last year i was um, diagnosed with mild depression mm. so i'm not saying that just you will rise and conquer yeah. no it's just being aware to say guys right now i'm on this type of medication and it was mood altering yeah so i would get into a meeting and I'd say to them, i'm sorry i'm going to yawn a little bit mm. because i'm on this medication yeah. but i'm fully here i'm fully present it just helps me to you know mm. um and so i was also on another one that actually produces happy hormones at night mm. so that when you wake up you're ready to take on the world yeah. so it's not only a hundred percent spirituality and i said to, yeah. to people one day I want to talk about um, depression and faith. Yeah, you know, because those two things actually do coexist, and yes. it doesn't make you mad. It yeah. just means that your soul is in trouble. Yeah, your spirit could be thriving, mm. but your soul is in trouble. Mm. And so that's another thing that uh, the distinction that David makes mm. that people don't really pick up. He says, "Bless the Lord, O my soul." Mm. And forget not his benefits. Mm. His spirit is fine, mm. but his soul. So he needs to remind his soul. He heals your diseases mm. and he restores your soul. I'm reminding the part of me that is so hurt. Yeah. The part of me that no longer is able to carry faith. Mm. And I brought one woman, not a lot, one woman into my space. And I would tell her everything. Mm. And she literally carried me. She bulldozed me mm. back. I didn't want to be called Pastor Ayanda. I didn't want people to say, oh, that's the minister of the God. I just said, God, just... I just want people to leave me alone. Yeah. But obviously, um, you can't really deny what's on the inside. It comes out yeah. now and again. So I don't I don't really have a rise up message. Mm. I have a message that says just be honest with yourself and be honest with your journey. Mm. Be honest when you're happy and be honest when you're you're mm. sad. There is a high uh, mountaintop experience and there's a desert experience. Mm. And when you're in the desert experience, embrace it. Mm embrace it mm. you know and i went back and i think the only word that really pushed me through that time was ecclesiastes mm. and it says 
it's it's it's, it's hilarious. It says, um, then for those that mourn, I will then give you. Um, you'll be able to dance, or mm. uh, I'm just paraphrasing. And I said to someone, mourning does not just become dancing. Yeah. But God, the day I'm ready to dance, I'll make sure I've got my heels on. Mm. Because it's going to be my time to dance because yeah. I've mourned long enough. Yeah. And then another thing that I realized is that the Bible in Matthew, when Jesus is um, giving the Beatitudes, he says, blessed are those that mourn, mm. for they shall be comforted. Yeah. Not healed, mm. comforted. God knows that losing someone is a journey. Yeah. And so if he had promised healing, it would be instant. Mm. But he he promises comfort because there's seasons of grief. Mm. You grieve you grieve just the personality of a person. You grieve his silly joke. Yeah. That day I, ran, I, I was like, I was packing myself and I saw his red tie. I'm like, yo, this red tie when he was sewing articles. You grieve the smallest of things. I couldn't zip up my dress. Mm. I'm like the small thing. Why am yeah. I? You know, and this, and and the smallest thing that people don't realize when you're going to a bank to fill in something, and they say, "Um, oh, widowed." Uh-huh. That box that you have to take. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm like, mm-hmm. mm. you know, um, and it's the small things that 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 um, remind you that mm. you have to um, keep on going. But as I said, the Bible said, and the, the Lord stood by me. And he strengthened me. The other day, God it asked me, he said, and I look around you, what have I not given you? And mm-hmm. I literally looked around and I said to God, you've given me everything. He restored the car. I got a cash. Mm-hmm. I just went today to get my title deed for the house that I've been praying for. Come on I now. said, God, you have restored everything yeah. more than I could have ever imagined. And because you're God of your word, even mm-hmm. when we are faithless, he's faithful. I think what I love is the honesty. I love it's so refreshing because we get to a place where we are better or we are able to better even those around us if we are not honest with ourselves. How can we be honest with others if we are not honest with ourselves? Um, the last person that you can ever lie to is yourself. You, you know, so I really love the fact that you're able to be honest about the process, that it is a process that you have to go through. You don't just get there. Yes, you will get there, you know, but it's a journey that you have to walk. And um, I think I'm encouraged just by the fact that you are here today. You've been through so much, you know. Uh, I think something that's very difficult, not a lot of people will be able to handle it um, to the degree that you have, you know. And that's very encouraging even for someone just to wake up from bed, you know. Um, and that's exactly what we're trying to accomplish. Yes. You know, Draw that eyebrow, podcast. girl. Put on that eyeshadow. I shared the story at work, actually, at our Women's Day event. So when mm. I started work, I had no money. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine, I think, borrowed me 200 rand just so I can commute to work and, yeah. and, and stuff. And, and, and I said to them, it was frustrating because people were not giving me money because I didn't look like I needed it. I, just, I didn't say oh. I don't have makeup. Yeah. I said I don't have money. Yeah. And so one of my colleagues says, you really don't look like what you're going yeah. through. And I said, I refuse. Yeah, I refuse, yeah. and it's not a refusal to be uh, that that translates to being in denial. Yeah, it's a refusal that stirs you to say, "But mo ayanda." Yeah, and I can make this, and yeah. I'm more than a conqueror. Well, I'm very grateful that you came today. So thank, thank you. you so much for gracing us with your presence thank and for sharing you. your story. It's very refreshing, I must say, and I'm inspired. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. This was Pasta Ayanda. I don't want to say, you know, I can say many things. Pasta, <laughs> nini, what, what, what. But uh, thank you so much. And thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, uh, please do catch our next episode of Bloom with Grace. I'm Trudy Zulu, signing out.